And welcome in. It's another edition of Mile High Magazine. I am Murphy Houston. We hope you're staying healthy and staying safe, wearing the mask, social separation, kind of keep it away from the crowds. It's it's all good. And today from the American Cancer Society, I have Executive Director Kelly Moran and the American Cancer Society Communications Director Lisa Bade. Ladies, first you so we don't jump on each other here. Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing great, Murphy. Thanks so much for having us this morning. Oh, my pleasure. And Lisa, who's down in Colorado Springs, Lisa's up in Erie. I'm in Denver. Yes, it's the way it is during these times. And Lisa, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us, Murphy. Well, let's get to our conversation here, because I know a lot about the American Cancer Society being a survivor. Uh, I'm a breast cancer survivor. Did you guys know that? Yes, that is wonderful. How many years? Oh, I guess it's been six now, I would believe. And my wife is a two-time breast cancer survivor. So we've had a lot of experience with you guys and all the great work you do with the American Cancer Society. So, Kelly, let's start with you since you are the executive director. What's the mission of the American Cancer Society? Yeah, thank you so much. So our mission is to save lives, celebrate lives, and lead the fight for a world without cancer. So how do we do that, right? So we do that by focusing on cancer research research programs and then also resources for cancer patients and caregivers. Plus, we know that cancer prevention and early detection efforts are some of our most critical work in getting the um, cancer incidence rate down. Well, I can speak firsthand for early detection because when I had my run with cancer, that kept me from any chemotherapy and any radiation because by the time I got to them, which was immediately, I was like stage one. And with all the technology out there now, uh, it was a lot easier. But that's what the American Cancer Society does, urges that early detection. And, you know, you brought up a good point here, Kelly, so I'm going to follow up on that a little bit about caregivers. I don't think people understand the value of caregivers and what kind of help they need. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think caregivers, um, when you're dealing with cancer or really, you know, any chronic disease is one of the most important roles because, you know, having that support is so vital for people going through their cancer journey and their, you know, their cancer fight. And I think it really helps um, helps them have the strength to continue through that when they're backed up by people who love and care about them. Absolutely, especially family members. A lot of folks have uh, maybe a neighbor or, or some other person to help them. But when it's family and it gets deeply emotional, the advice you can give at the American Cancer Society is going to help them through those tough times, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, as much support as the cancer patient needs, caregivers also need support through that time. It's a very emotional experience for them, too. So, you know, it's definitely important to think about both parties when you're, you know, supporting a family who's going through a cancer diagnosis and treatment. So let's follow up a little more on that, Kelly, while I have you going here. What resources does the American Cancer Society provide to support cancer patients? Yeah, thank you. So a lot, (laughs) Um, you know, but if I could just hit a few, I would say, one of the most vital things we can provide to people is accurate information. So when you're going through a cancer diagnosis, you're almost overwhelmed with information and the Cancer Society can help you find information that's relevant to you. And so that's all available 24-7. We have our 1-800 number, 1-800-227-2345. Um, and then also our website, cancer.org. Um, and on that, you're going to find information, you know, about cancer, different types of cancer, 
Um, right now, we also have some great information about COVID and cancer um, and what you need to be aware of in regards to that. Um, plus, we've recently added video conferencing, which we're um, really excited about because that gives the opportunity to have a face-to-face discussion. And, you know, in this time of social distancing, um, we recognize how important that is to just see other people and be able to talk to people who really understand the journey that you're going through. Um, we have other things like Reach to Recovery, which is our peer-to-peer breast cancer support program. Um, that's available over the phone. For caregivers, we've got a resource guide, support videos, um, really lots of stuff that people are going to need to help beat cancer. What kind of uh, video conferencing do you do? Is it with doctors, nurses, people with the American Cancer Society? How does that work? Yeah, it would be with people with the American Cancer Society, um, you know, staff or volunteers to help with information, or sometimes it can be uh, peer-to-peer, a peer-to-peer discussion, something like that. Okay, and Lisa, I don't want you to think we forgot about you here. Lisa Bade, who's the American Cancer Society Communications Director. Do we find, I'm going to kind of leave with this question, uh, Lisa, uh, yeah, Lisa, uh, do you find because of COVID-19, a lot of people are putting off things like cancer screenings, uh, maybe ignoring it because they're afraid to go out in public uh, and mingle with people. What's going on with that? And I'm sure they're still important right now. Yes, most definitely. So at the start of the pandemic, you know, we saw a lot of those elective medical procedures being put on hold because they were, you know, prioritizing those urgent needs and reducing that risk of, and spread of, of COVID dr- during that time. Um, And obviously, as a consequence of that, we've seen that substantial decline in cancer screening. Uh, But one of the things, as you mentioned, cancer screening is still important. And we really encourage people to talk with their health care providers. You know, if they had a screening that was put on hold earlier this year or if they had something rescheduled, and just having that conversation with their healthcare provider and, and having, um, you know, an assessment of the risks and the benefits of that screening and ensuring um, that safety for both patients and the healthcare professionals doing the screening. And I would imagine now, I think we're finding out early on in the COVID when people didn't really know what the heck was going on. Everybody shut down. Doctors' offices shut down. But now, I mean, you still have to be very, very careful with the COVID out there. But now a lot of these places are open. So, again, it's really important to get back on the bandwagon and follow up with some concerns, isn't it? Yeah, I I definitely would. You know, those decisions about restarting that screening really depend on a lot of different factors. And those factors might not be the same for every person. And obviously, the pandemic is different in different um, parts, even of our state. So, again, if you've had that appointment that was scheduled or postponed, or maybe you have a screening that's coming up, make sure you talk to your healthcare provider and discuss balancing those risks and benefits of being screened now, or you know, seeing if it's something you can postpone for a later date. And definitely your healthcare provider will work with you to take into account things like your personal and family history and any other risk factors that you've had and even the timing of your last screening test, whether it was for colon cancer or breast cancer, whatever the case may be. Um, and keep in mind that those screenings are, are there to um, detect disease and maybe you might not have any symptoms. So if you're someone out there who has any signs or symptoms, 
you know, maybe if you have a lump in your breast or blood in your stool, those are things that you should discuss with your healthcare provider right away um, to assess because, you know, there might be something going on there and you want to get it checked out. Early detection, right, Lisa? Early detection is the key. We want to detect that disease early um, so we can cure it quickly. And there's a lot of ways that you guys do raise funding. And one of the fun ones is, I guess, going on right now for the American Cancer Society. That's Novembeard, which, at least you talk what that's all about. I actually tried this once and failed miserably. <laughs> yes, we do have Novembeard going on right now. So all during the month of November, men have signed up to raise funds and awareness to fight cancer through the Colorado Novembeard campaign. So... We have about 16 men that have signed up through the campaign. They're growing out their beards during the month, and they are raising funds and awareness to fight back against cancer. So a great opportunity for guys to get involved in the cause, do something fun. Uh, The guys have a little fun on social media with it as well. Uh, We have a great uh, supporter in Denver 7 and also KOAA. And we're looking for more men to get involved. We really encourage people, if you're interested in getting involved, sign up with the campaign. Or if you want to cheer on your favorite candidate and make a donation, folks can go to org and make that donation or sign up to join. Yeah, I did that uh, right after I had my breast cancer. And uh, I don't know what it is about me. I, it would take me 15 years to compete with some of those guys in beard growth. So <laughs> I, I did the best I could, but it was fun doing it. And you're right, boy, I took a lot of ribbing, a lot of ribbing, because of my feeble beard attempt, for sure. We're talking with uh, Kelly Moran, American Cancer Society Executive Director, and just Lisa Bate, American Cancer Society Communications Director. So, Kelly, hopping back to you. I know the American Cancer Society, and this is a big thing, Colorado Gives Day, which is coming up. Talk about how that all works, can you? Yes, absolutely, and you're right. It's a huge thing. Um, It's one of my favorite days of the year. I love to see Coloradans come together on December 8th to support many nonprofits. Um, The American Cancer Society is one of those, though. So you can go to coloradogives.org slash ACS is where we would like you to go. Um, But at coloradogives.org, you can see all the organizations participating. Um, If you make a donation to ACS, you're going to be supporting life-saving cancer research and programs and resources for cancer patients. And, you know, we want to make it easy for people. We always like to make it easy for people. So if you're worried, you know, can't remember to do that on December 8th, you can actually visit now and go ahead and schedule your gift to be given on December 8th. And I think, uh, Kelly, we should emphasize for those that have never been involved with Colorado Gives Day, because I've talked to the folks involved with that, this is completely safe. Your credit cards are safe. The money is safe. It's all a good thing to go. And typically, I think last year alone, Colorado Gives Days raised like $43 million for various nonprofits, including the American Cancer Society. So that's an easy way to help out, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. And, you know, it's so important this year. We haven't really talked about it yet, but um, COVID has had a, it's been very challenging for nonprofits. Um, It's definitely, you know, impacted our ability to fundraise. And so going out and, you know, supporting the American Cancer Society through Colorado Gives Day would be really appreciated. And while I have you here, Kelly, talk about how the American Cancer Society uses these funds for supporting cancer research. How does that all work? People like to know where the money goes. 
Yes, this is one of my favorite topics. So, you know, feel free to tap me on the shoulder if I'm going too long. But so ACS has an incredible history of funding research. We started funding cancer research in 1946. And since then, we've supported 24,000 investigators who have made important advances in prevention, early detection, treatment, you know, and care. So right now, ACS is funding 17 multi-year research grants just in Colorado alone, covering over $10.4 million. Um, And these researchers can be found across the state. We've got them at the University of Colorado Denver, Institute Medical Campus, the University of Colorado Cancer Center, Colorado State University, and UC Boulder. Um, And these researchers are looking at a variety of areas. Um, We've got people focused on ovarian cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, bladder cancer. Um, We've got people studying the quality of life in children with cancer and supporting physical activity and colorectal cancer survivors. So it really, you know, covers a lot of ground in terms of... um, in terms of cancer research. And uh, one thing ACS is so proud of is that we have funded 49 people who have gone on to be Nobel laureates. Oh, great. Um, And one of these is, I know, and one of these calls Colorado home. He works at uh, UC Boulder, and his name is Dr. Thomas Ketch. Congratulations to him. And uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back here a little bit. Uh, Myself and two other friends, uh, 13 years ago now, started a cancer fundraiser called Golfers Against Cancer. Big golf tournament, big gala. We take all our money and we give it to various scientists over at the CU Cancer Research Center. And we've raised, oh, I don't know, $1.5 million over these years. And, you know, you seed the project, the government looks at the project, and that $1.5 million has turned into $15 million in cancer research. So I know what that's all about, that supporting the cause. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And when yes, you, thank you. That's incredible. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting to see the success, and people can help. And before I let you go, and again, we're talking with Kelly Moran, American Cancer Society Executive Director, and Lisa Bade, who's the uh, communications director there as well. Give us the place where people can go before Colorado Gives Day if they want to say, hey, I'm going to give some money to these people because I've had everybody seems to have some kind of cancer in their life, unfortunately, and how they can help you guys out. Kelly, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You can always visit cancer.org um, to make a donation, or you can call our 1-800 number if you prefer that at 1-800-227-2345. Um, you know, one of the campaigns we have going on right now is November um, so you could visit there to support any of the people um, participating in that campaign. And, of course, if you have a friend or loved one who has participated in Strides or Relay, anything like that, a gift to their fundraising is always really appreciated. Well, Kelly Moran and Lisa Bade of the American Cancer Society, ladies, thank you for your time today. Continued success, and I uh, hope Colorado Gives Days in November goes very well for both of you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. You too. Take care of yourself and stay safe. And you guys hang in there. It's a Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. We'll have our weekly update with uh, Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health next.